Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 167, and today we'll be talking about the first four issues of the new ongoing comic series. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, not to knock the first ongoing comic series, but wow did this new series really step it up a notch. Yeah, stepping it up is definitely (laughs) the right words to use. Like, everything is better. And it's not just better than in my opinion, just the other smaller comics, but even even the graphic novels, just on the level of art and writing, just supersedes everything that's come before it. I mean, we're talking really great background work that feels like almost ripped off of Stephen Sugar. Like, how did they, how did Katie Farina, the illustrator of this, like, pull that off? So good. I liked the unique character models. The stories were all excellent. But yeah, my initial just like, the flipping through the first pages was, I was just shocked that finally <laughs> these comics just had this great consistent look. It really, especially the backgrounds. That was something I missed from uh, when we talked about the graphic novel last time. Yeah. A place where, like, man, it just really makes you feel like you're in the world of the show when you have, uh, you know, it's, we start off in the barn here. Just great. I mean, it's exactly like it is in the show, but also from new angles of the barn we haven't seen. And uh, really just a great sense of, of space and, and com- composing these different frames. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the shift in the art style. I think that for any tie-in like this, you really should try to mimic the look of what you're tying into. So A plus on the art style on this series, I think. Yeah. And some, you know, I can imagine that some people might be off put by, you know, in all the comics, the character models are a little different. I enjoyed the (laughs) sort of unique things that were here, like the pupils all being a a single (laughs) colored circles and sort of there's like a more simpleness to it. Lapis, for instance, looks a lot more uh, their emotions are conveyed a lot more simply. Like Steven is just very smiley, yeah. bubbly. Lapis is very just like flat board looking, but then she can also look concerned. I love Peridot throughout this <laughs> series. Yes, especially in the, the Peridot issue, which I think might be the best one. Yes. Okay. So yeah, if that was your favorite, um, yeah, the Renaissance Fair was pretty good. I, I really enjoyed the bird story at the beginning, too. Yes, yes, that's probably my second favorite. I mean, the two Peridot issues are my top two. Is this a coincidence? I think not. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so, you know, I don't necessarily always enjoy Peridot in the show for my own whatever reasons, but, but here... You don't like the <laughs> meme, Gremlin. Yeah, I know. Well, sometimes she gets a little, you know, she's a little... Too much of a gremlin sometimes, but that's okay. Here, uh, it's great. I love sort of seeing, you know, Laps and Peridot raising Susan the bird in the in the chapter one of this sort of uh, new ongoing series, which when they collected it was called Warp Tour. So yep. I'll just refer to the first four chapters of that. I don't even know why they chose that title, but okay. I I'm not going to complain. don't really know either. It takes place across, you know, Beach City, but... There's no warping involved, and it's also just a title that was already an episode name, so yeah, I guess they just had to slap something on it for the it's collection. It's a bizarre, bizarre thing. They could just, well, I guess they already had Steven Universe comic volume one, so sure. they had to go with something more unique. Yeah, the naming's uh, whatever. Maybe the, maybe the second collection will be Marble Madness. Right, like, are they just going to keep ripping off episode names? Name it after the Paradox Saga. 
Yeah, so there's just uh, a ton of great character work here uh, that you just don't get to see in episodes anymore. Now, we did just get through a series of Beach City episodes, and obviously that's sort of more of the vibe that I enjoyed, so I enjoyed the last run a little more. And here with this comic, too, just like, man, I wish we could get more 11-minute episodes of just, like, Stephen hanging out in the barn raising a bird, but but at least we get the opportunity here. And yeah, there's just a lot of funny moments, and man, so many different expressions for Peridot. And little poses, and really, the <laughs> the artist went all out. You just get a great sense of movement and uh, energy from from all this. So the first issue is really kind of sad, though, uh, when you consider what has so recently happened in the show—the uh, escape of Lapis. I know. Well, it's not the only point that <laughs> I was thinking about how recent ah, show events yes. affected Mayor issue Dewey, man. Three, yes. Like. <laughs> Poor dude. And he and Nanafla were getting along so well. I know. He I wonder if the person who wrote this comic was even aware of what would happen to Mayor Dewey because he really, you know, he thinks of his he puts himself so far down and thinks of himself as such a bad guy in in Dewey Wins, but he, like here, he does great being the mayor, even in his goofy Dewey style. Like Yes. It was it was good to see him have a victory. <laughs> for once yep i mean this this should have been dewey wins honestly i really loved all the side characters too uh just as another note especially the that scene having all the food trucks come in and people from outside of beach city come in like the artist did a good job of having these different character models that fit within the steven universe world and also had their own little take it was cool i liked the puns on all of the food trucks keen waffles yeah, <laughs> yeah, keen waffles <laughs> for for literally waffles. just Funny. toast. <laughs> Here, let me let me flip to it. Yeah, I was heading that direction. I I, I really for for some reason I particularly like nummy lumps. It's food. What is it? It's food. <laughs> yeah, you know that was another thing I felt was really on point just throughout uh, these four comics is that the, the humor was just a lot more on point uh a lot more funny little puns and references and it felt again that's more in the style of the show where just humor comes fast in lots of quick lines and i i just felt like there was just better del- setup and delivery on a lot of these jokes than than some of the past comics i've read anyway mm. but let's see here what what else well, i guess i guess since we're talking about the food trucks i liked the fish stew pizza food truck which is literally just why would we put a kitchen in a truck when our kitchen is so close yeah i mean come on nanafod did not really try to reach out to the food truck community you know steven was doing all the work come on and if she were out there i think she would have had the charisma to bring in some people exactly but instead (laughs) yeah because i mean you you see all the all these food truck things that she did she just needs to go zany she's good at zany she has fun with it. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to maybe see a lot of her <laughs> charisma in an upcoming episodes, perhaps, as she has to run the city now. She's got some pretty big shoes to fill, I'm not going to lie. Maybe instead of running the donut shop, you could take over at Fish Stew Pizza. Hmm. There is a question of what's going to happen to Fish Stew Pizza now, but I don't know. Jenny and Kiki are probably pretty competent. And don't forget, uh, don't forget Kofi. Yeah, Kofi. <laughs> he's there. <laughs> In case anyone needs to be banned from the shop, he's on top of things. So let's see. You know, a, a, another 
thing that came out of this comic that perhaps a lot of people saw online without even being aware what comic it came from was uh the whole prom scene with uh i uh, guess kiki uh just really cool also just having seen those images circulating online without knowing the plot like i like the way that they address sort of steven and connie dealing with the fact uh, we haven't really seen them deal in with show like <laughs> how they present themselves to other people like they couldn't really date kiki because they're just two kids <laughs> fused yeah. together as a magical alien team and, and so and you know they're like oh do we have to like tell people every time that we're stevani uh that we're two kids and of course that sort of relates to uh you know just the gender issue of like how do i do i have to like tell people who i am every time i meet them like that's so there's really like subtle connection there uh, which is cool. And really just that whole comic is just, it's great to see this kind of representation in, in just for kids now. Like, obviously the show does a great job, but uh, it's cool to see the comics exploring stuff too, where it's just like, here's a totally normal date between Kiki and Stevani. And like, kids get to see that. It's awesome. I don't know. The the beginning of the, that issue was really weird for me. It's like, Connie, you've been eagerly anticipating this movie for how long? And you still had no idea how they were portraying Arkham Icarus? <laughs> really? This is complete. This is news to you. You haven't watched a single trailer? Right. Like with Dogcopter, she was viewing them. So I had no perception that Connie was the type of person who would avoid seeing any spoiler or any trailer. Yeah, especially before the movie, for she an does like this series of a book she's read. But she likes this series a lot more. So. She likes Dogcopter a lot, too. That's true. I mean, yeah, but it's her jam. But again, how how are you going to be avoiding spoilers on an adaptation from a book? <laughs> that makes no sense at all. Who knows? Maybe some last minute, minute uh, Kansas Hollywood decisions. Yep. Kansas. <laughs> oh, speaking of Jamie, I loved him at the Ren Fair. Yeah, what, what was he wearing? Or he's he's like the leader of the jousting tournament. But yeah, he's the he's dressed up as ye old official announcer. He was great. <laughs> yeah, this is a perfect dramatic role for him. I really love just that Ocean Town guy coming back. I'd love to yes. know more about the residents of Ocean Town, but I love the ongoing joke of just like city rivalry. Yeah, now that they're no longer on fire, <laughs> right? At least he wasn't. He's made it out safe. <laughs> You know what, now that, since uh, they, they need to have an episode where Peridot goes to the Beach City Underground Wrestling, because we've seen here, she is the type to cheer for the heel. So, <laughs> uh, that, that would just be fun, and it would satisfy my need for more Beach City Underground. You know what would satisfy me is if the lesson Peridot learned at the end, where she has supposedly said that she has become a better, more mature gem. You know, I would love to see that carry on into the show. No, no, that's that, my that personal. Was not wish. an actual <laughs> lesson. That was a Dan versus moment. <laughs> she saw that they were about to get theirs, and so she's like, "Okay, I'll be nice." Ah, <laughs> uh, that that was a complete Dan versus moment there, and I loved it. I also thought it was cute on the face paints the Mr. Smiley had. Not only did he have Lion, which later in the issue he would be drawing on Ronaldo's face as mm -hmm. Peridot was being escorted out, there was the mostly complete Diamond Authority symbol, except they had White Diamond on the middle instead of the top. Yeah, so what kind of tease is that? I guess that's just the artist having fun with that. Yeah. But it's cool. I was surprised that wasn't what Peridot went with. I guess she's a rebel now. 
Yeah, the face paint was, uh, well, you know, she probably wouldn't want me to say it, but it was cute. Yeah, Steven's not that word. <laughs> uh, but, oh, yeah, just just too good. Too good. Have we ever heard the, the park's name in the show before, Dewey Park? No, I don't think so. <laughs> that would have stood out. Uh, definitely not named after Mayor Dewey, though. Definitely one of his ancestors. But it's funny to know, be reminded of that singular lineage of mayors <laughs> for Beach City. I mean, nobody really bothers to run against him until Nanafois unseats him. I liked in the I liked in the first issue, Peridot sitting there drawing fan art of uh, Percy and Paulette with a crayon. And then, here, you be a nest for a little while. Steven, this is a gross misuse of my resources. <laughs> yeah. She should be drawing crayon fan art. And I, I'm sure, you know, many people have seen this too, but the, the moment where the bird is defecating in Peridot's hands. Yes, I remember. Absolutely priceless. Absolutely priceless. I remember people posted that one, that that panel, after after it came out. <laughs> because it's yeah. like it's funny i and i love the art of that bird too there's something special about the way that bird is drawn it's a little more complicated than maybe like steven universe would normally draw like an animal and it just adds to like making susan their own little distinct character and there's just something funny about this naked little bird so <laughs> yeah i thought the ending was really cute though susan remembers steven or is it Susan? <laughs> I don't think that any bird that hadn't been raised by him would be willing to come eat from his hand. That's true. It's too bad they don't let Peridot know, though, but she probably doesn't need to be commanding anything. <laughs> yeah, Peridot, Peridot never had the relationship with Susan, I think, that Stephen and Lapis had. No. So I, I guess it's just as well. I, I do kind of wonder, though, are we going to get a mobile game for Crying Breakfast Friends? Yeah, that seemed a little... We could have a mobile game tie-in to the comic, which is a tie-in to the show. We have to go deeper. It seemed basically like an Animal Crossing type deal, or they were just like taking care of a breakfast friend, or like multiple ones, and you had to like visit them. Like I could see that being successful. It would definitely be, of all the various apps or things I could see coming out of the show, like Crying Be Breakfast Friends would definitely fit the bill of like... <laughs> distinct mobile app like i'm surprised there haven't already been ripoff apps <laughs> like the many ripoff steven universe steven universe dentist game <laughs> yes surrender yeah what i think i missed the the joke what was the significance of surrender's name is that like some weapon that i don't know about well yeah i think it works on two levels on one hand render is like you know rending ripping things apart which is what he does mm. but then when you Give him the title, sir. It sounds like surrender. Oh, shoot. I didn't even catch that it's surrender. That's so obvious. Oh, my goodness. Which is kind of what he does to the children. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was another great running gag. It's just that everyone thinks Peridot is a child. <laughs> that, <laughs> yes. that connected with me <laughs> greatly. Um, yes. <laughs> it was hilarious to see her fight back against that. Especially wearing tiger face paint. Oh man, the Renaissance Fair would be, I mean, of course, I think we both want to see the Baby Bird episode as well, but the Renaissance Fair would be so great to see in motion. Absolutely. Especially 
Like, I want to see... I mean, then again, the onion scene pretty much speaks for itself. Most onion scenes could be done with a single frame, because you really just need his dead, cold stare at you. But uh, <laughs> just him taking down the knight. I, I like to imagine that the knight didn't actually... Surrender didn't actually surrender to Onion, but that Onion totally destroyed him. Yeah, I think Onion, I think he was getting ready to take a dive, but then Onion just totally took him out legit before he had a chance to unhorse himself. Yep. Head cannon approved. But I haven't been talking about much talking much about the prom episode. I, I, I do like things on two adjacent pages, how when they're at the big donut you have both Lars and Sadie staring all gaga eyed out at Stevani. Mm-hmm. That's very funny. And then the the lady at the prom says to Pearl, they grow up so fast, don't they? And I, I'm just thinking, <laughs> Pearl, she's got that sweat and I'm just, you don't know the half of it, honey. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good Pearl moment. There weren't really any other crystal gem moments in this series of comics, so that was funny. Yeah, oh man, Pearl's so awesome in her talks. I, I do want to note that I'm pretty sure that they're going with the theme at the dance as Under the Sea, I'm pretty sure that's a Back to the Future reference, the enchantment Under the Sea. Hmm. I didn't notice the theme as much, but I did like some of the outfits people had on, especially the one person dressed up full on in a dinosaur costume. It's bold. That's a, no, the unicorn. It's like a unicorn oh, pajamas. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of Kiki's friends. And Kiki, very understanding high school, apparently. Yeah, I love again. Everyone just looks so happy, open, accepting, and varied. It's great. <laughs> Disclaimer: high Your high school will not look like this. Yeah, maybe someday. Maybe if enough kids believe in Steven Universe. Maybe if high school was populated by either eight-year-olds or forty-year-olds, but not if it's populated by teenagers. I'm sorry. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but. But yeah, you have the under the sea banners in a couple in a couple panels. So I'm assuming that's a callback to Back to the Future. Yeah. Well, reference. I guess it has to be a has to be within the show to be a callback. I'm just assuming. Yeah. Also, we see sour cream here, but he's always yes. a DJ. But I've never known the age of the cool kids, so I have no idea. Like, okay, so Kiki's definitely in high school. But all the rest of them, well, <laughs> her Jenny, older sister and everyone else, or well, I guess they're twins. Yeah, so they're, they're twin the same sisters. Age. But I don't know. I guess that means they're all pretty much like juniors and seniors in high school. But it's just funny because we never see their schooling and they just feel a little bit older than that. Or yeah. especially Sadie and Lars are definitely older than that. So no, no, Lars is Lars is getting letter grades. He's getting report cards uh, sent home to his true. parents, that's so true. he's in he's in high school. Sadie, we don't know. No, well, she's had that summer job for so many years. I feel like she's the most likely to be graduated. But uh, so as far as this whole series goes, do we know what the future of like are there more series in this vein by by Melanie and Katie like coming going forward? Like this continues. This, yeah, this is only the first four issues. Uh, I think they're up to ten or so. Let me let me check. Okay. So hopefully they'll make a second collection of four comics soon. But yeah, these these guys did a great job. Okay, but yeah, they're they're out to eleven now. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I was totally unaware. It they is pretty good. I might keep reading through them because these these four issues impress me. I definitely recommend anyone else to check them out. I'd also be interested to know how much involvement Rebecca or the rest of the team might have had. I feel like 
like Sugar likes giving the comic artists like independence because she comes from that world. So she kind of wants to give them their own thing. But like this was just tied in so well with the show and has such a good voice. Uh, I'd just be surprised if there wasn't at least a little more involvement than being completely hands off. So it'd be cool to hear about in maybe their official podcast if they ever get around to talking about the comics. But yeah, good stuff. Looks like after issue four, Grace Craft takes over as the writer for the majority of them, although I'm still seeing some Melanie Gilman credits here on some of the writing. And is Katie Farina stay as the illustrator or Grace Park under designer? Because they just did, that team did such a good job. <laughs> nope, looks like we have new artists after issue mm-hmm. four. So I, I guess I guess when they release the compilation... Uh, we'll discuss the next four issues. Hopefully they're as good as these four. Because these were some top-notch issues. Yeah, we'll see. Especially artistically, and then again, I just I just love anything with Peridot in it. Yeah, well, if they are as good, that's good to know, because hiatuses <laughs> abound in Steven Universe, and it's always nice to have some quality content like this. Yes. So I just want to leaf through here, make sure there's nothing else that I, that I left out. I, I did like the disinterested animal doctor. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, uh, the, it... <laughs> the the mother might. I mean, probably will come back for the for the baby bird. Yeah, it's good to know that songbirds are not an endangered species in Steven Universe. Um, but it is sad to see that moose are. Yeah, Stephen and Connie having their little heart to heart. You know, very special episode discussion where we teach children that you have to be open and honest with people but you have to also worry about yourself and not others (laughs) oh and yes the cookie bucket from the food truck episode or issue Mm, i could go for a cookie bucket Mm. it's that much like the cartoon that i think of these as episodes but yes we have a little child with a cookie bucket and i want to know where that bucket came from (sighs) that sounds like i don't know that might be a good business idea to discuss after this episode. Yes. <laughs> Bird puns are my best friend. <laughs> uh yeah, we need we need we need Steven Zine, his his squawk zine. Yeah, that would be cool for them to publish. It'd be amazing if some of these comics could produce their own side materials. Uh, yeah. And then you, I I just he's raiding local seagulls and then I like Buck's art project, removing the bees because of <laughs> because of art reasons. Oh, you didn't get the reasons? Oh, you must not be as good of an artist. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just not into art. I just don't get art. But I also did want to call out that full page of just the picnic scene. That's another one that got posted around with Amethyst arm wrestling Lars while shapeshifted as Lars. Yeah, we're we're all still waiting for a moment like that actually in the show where we can get all the characters together at once. Hopefully that doesn't only happen in the finale, but it'd be nice to see some more. That's another cool part about these comics in general is seeing characters that haven't ever interacted before in the show interact. It'd be great to see them doing some of those novel choices <laughs> in the show in the near future. Man, I think PD and Lapis should hang out. <laughs> you know, I- I'm all for it. <laughs> like, you know, it's been a while since we saw PD and I feel like his sort of cynical attitude on life could maybe you know connect with lapis maybe bring her back from space we'll have to set up a video chat we'll have to launch a satellite yeah well who knows how far lapis has even gone in space who knows how we'll even know Mm. anything about that so many mysteries yeah so so many 
Well, did you have anything else you wanted to say about these first four issues? I'm excited to look at the next four sometime soon. Although, I'd always love for new episodes to come out soon so that we can discuss comics later. That would be (laughs) nice. (sighs) Well, everybody, that's been us about the first four issues of the new Steven Universe ongoing comic series collected together as Warp Tour. Join us next week, and until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Please leave us a review on iTunes. (laughs) Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.